Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be alright. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond, and you are listening to... Marsha's play <laughs> a black trans podcast. Yeah, full of tranny. The w- oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> the only one of its kind, of course. Yes, um, full of TSs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing with you today. We and one MTM, and the FTM. I mean FT. Ooh, the FTMs and the one MTF. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Have we ever given our pronouns before? Yeah, I'm not gonna play with you. Either. Listen, <laughs> I'm just you know you we never know. People our don't want to assume. Yeah, when they look at our our cover, they don't want to assume our gender. That's why. That's true. <laughs> if you, if, well, all I'm gonna say is I'm binary. So whatever you assume, bitch. That's what it you, is, girl. <laughs> now you know I don't. I'm one of them people. That, okay, let, oh, that's a cute. That's a cute. Starting off on this motherfucking show. So can you delete that point when I was in my the base of my my throat because it kind of made me sound like the train. <laughs> <laughs> Not the base of it. Uh, it sounded regular. No, but <laughs> <laughs> see, this is why we have to discuss our pronouns. Do you know I'm going here when I listen to it? And I'm going to leave it there, girl. No, I didn't. I didn't hear I'll it. let them hear my tradey voice. No, honey, I'm going to give you. You're going to get whatever voice I serve you. <laughs> And honey, pronouns still the same. Bitch. <laughs> still the same. <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes when we, when you know, we the you know the culture that we're trying to change is where people are giving pronouns, and that's why mm-hmm. we hear, especially cis allies, do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And so um, sometimes in certain spaces, I'll see trans women kind of res- um, resist that. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if we're in activist spaces and, you know, you know, we're at a training or we're at some little event and they were like, okay, well, everybody's going to get up and introduce themselves. So t- say your name, say where you're from and say your pronouns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some, it, it's, I've never mm-hmm. seen trans men do it, but trans women are resisted and they'll say something like, well, my name is, let's just say, um, Tawana. My name is Tawana. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. And, uh. My pronouns are what? What, uh, what do you, you see? see? <laughs> Am I real? Is it serving it? Do and you so, see the girl in the mirror? I don't. Or I the don't boy? get it. I just think that's too politically correct. I feel like I'm serving what I'm. If you see a woman, you call me a woman. Call me a she. Call me a her. And blah 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 blah. And so. I feel like that's kind of problematic because, girl, what if Because they could be late and say, well, that's what I saw. <laughs> and then you'll be offended. The whole point is to, in in asking pronouns, is to get a clarity of a person's pronouns, regardless of what you assume is going on. Mm-hmm. Because I done seen some girls who, girl... It's just I'm been one of them. Sure. Just one of them days. Especially if it's a, a, a non-binary person, you might. Well, no, you can't really assume somebody's non-binary. But exactly. Because sometimes, sometimes listen, you never know. I don't either. Like I, 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 like if I'm talking to somebody out in public, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't want to assume that you're a straight man. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't want to offend you. Did you? Hey, I don't. You may have transitioned, <laughs> and they'd be like, "What do you mean? I'm a, I'm a born this, or I'm a born." I was just, you know, I'm trying to be respectful, and, but uh-huh. I invite that conversation, like, and just every space because that makes people think mm-hmm. yeah i don't do it in every space i i, I just if if that those are the instruction of the introductory group i'll follow the instructions <laughs> i'm not gonna you know buck up against the system well i'm not saying my pronoun but mm-hmm. i'm literally not doing that in no real life <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I haven't I, either. I you know, haven't. I'm not. In, I think it's something that people should get into. Yeah, sure, but it's not something I do. I do it just to be a bitch. Well, like just not, not to, to be, be a, a bitch, bitch, but like just to just you to shake it, it up to make people think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It does. Mm. It does make people think, and I think that's good. I just know I'm not doing it. I'm not. Um, I'm but not y'all walking. Know how I am. I'm not. Yeah, that's that's your that's fits your personality. Yeah, that, yeah, that's why you know I had some trauma at the at the shop, <laughs> because the beauty shop at the beauty shop because mm-hmm. I wanted to have a conversation about Zaya. Shout out to my good girlfriend Zaya for shaking it up. Uh huh. Okay, so I, I just wanted to have an open conversation about Zaya at the at the beauty shop around a lot of cis women and, and they, and they uh, popped you. Babies, oh, ever so slightly, indi- in indirectly, and, and directly, and very directly, and so I was like, you know what? I just the reason why I want to have this open conversation is because I'm going on the radio tomorrow, and I know that people are going to have different perspectives. So for and, wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. So for our new listeners, if um, if you're new to the podcast. Mia has a t- Mia does things that get on me and Z nerves, <laughs> <laughs> and I be so unbothered. Why they sitting by us? <laughs> so we we will be out and like say we are sharing an Uber to a place that we're going to hang out, or say that we 
um, are in route, maybe not on Uber on a train or wherever we're at. Mia, if say we come in contact with strangers that people we don't know, Mia has a habit of starting conversations with them, being extra damn friendly, and just really getting into their mindsets about <laughs> like serious <laughs> topics, like po- political topics. And as we all know, when you open up that bag for some people, it can get real disrespectful real quick. <laughs> they don't mind. <laughs> or it could be, you know, it could turn into something beautiful too. But Mia mm-hmm. don't mind. And me and Z are kind of the opposite. We like, we don't know these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be talking to them. Mm-hmm. So it's been many times that we have been in Uber and Z and, and Mia, me and Z is just quiet. And Mia is just key, 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 chatty Kathy with the Uber driver <laughs> so or the Lyft me. driver. <laughs> so she does this. This is in her personality to be able to just start conversations with people and go. <laughs> so that's what I decided to do. I was in the shop getting my, I was in the chair getting my hair washed so that I can get it flat on for the next day. And I was like, you know, I want to have a conversation. I, I, I opened the door. Mm-hmm. The door was open. More than one person entered. Listen. <laughs> 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 The conversation, the floodgates, the floodgates from heaven came, darling, baby. It started the okay. So the start, the conversation started from age appropriate to transition. Then it started to it started to what I believe in and what you should do and how I raise my children and what boys should do and what girls should do. Then it was like, oh. We got a tranny in our face. So we actually can go deeper than this. We can actually ask those interesting questions that we've never been able to ask in the presence of somebody of a trans experience. Me, myself, I said, okay, I think this could be educational. I want to educate. That was my mistake. So, (laughs) baby, the girls got to digging in their pussies and pulling out their uteruses and And sprinkling ovaries over my face. I was like, oh, that's what we're serving. We're serving you are a boy. I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So that's that's what is given. Okay, so but okay, so I'm being extra, but. What I learned in this situation was that I was kind of reserving myself as far as like a lot of the responses were real, really, really, um, really rude, just late, just just saying that I I was born this way and you could uh, 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 they weren't saying me specifically because we weren't talking about me at the point at that point. They were kind of indirectly saying it. We would just have the trans. Topic. They were talking about trans people and you're a trans person. Yeah. So they were, they were talking, talking about, about you. Why? Right. <laughs> just not you they, right it, specifically it, but they were talking about you. me right <laughs> and so baby they it, it was just i i didn't respond how i would fully respond like i didn't and when i when i say that i try to make it as ed- educational as i could as far as like um making sure that you know i was uh, politically correct because I was in a business I didn't want to like 
kind of like make sure that I, I didn't offend anybody because a, a lot of the things that cis people say, they, they're like, oh my God, you know, I'm, bro- I'm walking on eggshells and I don't want to, I don't want to offend you. And I know a lot of you girls play the victim card. So I don't want it to turn into, I'm, I'm this LBGT basher and then all the girls and the rainbows and all the things are going to come for me. The alphabet people. The alphabet people. <laughs> so I, I try to like open that door, but baby, Afterwards, coming home, I just, I, I just left thinking like I didn't defend I, yourself. I, I didn't defend myself and other women like me to the to an extent that they were defending their their cis women. Mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of let them pass because I didn't want a quarrel or I didn't want to, um, I didn't want a big confrontation when I was just trying to educate people mm-hmm. and have like a, a adult conversation. But baby, they they definitely let me know that if and you don't, it, and it burned your conscience afterwards because right. I can tell that based on our conversation when you called me about the situation, I can tell that you, in the moment, it may have been, oh, I'm just trying, I'm I'm going to use this as a learning moment in mm-hmm. education, and then when you realize that, first of all, you're being quote unquote intellectually jumped mm-hmm. because. All these people in the room, it's not like you're having a conversation with one person. You're having a conversation with multiple people. With the same idea. With the same idea. And they're coming with this. And then it's kind of flowing in a different way. So it's almost like you're being jumped with this weird transphobic ideology. Mm-hmm. And so... Comparing butterflies and police officers to <laughs> gender. <laughs> Just weird. And so... And you're in a place where you are getting service. This is a professional thing. You know... She's in a, my head putting in a die. Yes. <laughs> So she's she's doing your hair and then this is your stylist long term stylist mm-hmm. and three plus years that you didn't know was transphobic and then she pop you gagging with some transphobia and she's kind of in my mind and I told you this I said she's kind of stupid because to me if I know that my client is trans I would not have let this conversation go anywhere as far as it went with you. And not, but but I can also understand her thinking, well, she opened the door for mm-hmm. it because you did. I did, but <laughs> so, only at a certain but, level. But they can't gauge what level that is. Mm-hmm. If you open up the door, baby, and they it's like, everything. Oh, we free to say what we want. Okay, oh. L- here let's we go. play. Oh, let's play. And they don't know what's too far, what's not too far, because. They don't give a fuck about trans people anyway. That and and a lot of them had a point to prove. Yes, that they internally, like a lot of people have like internal um, vendettas. Like okay, so here's one of the questions: How I knew that it was something personal and not like something that they really just believed in. If that makes sense, she asked me. She said, basically, how how do you expect cis women to feel? Not my not my uh, beautician, but another beautician. She mm-hmm. she said, how do you, what would you say about cis? Um, she didn't say cis women. She said, how would you say what? How would you say what would you say about women? who feel like trans people are taking up too much space in a woman's field. So basically I interpret it. She basically said, how do you feel about trans trans women taking up too much space in cis women um, and a cis woman's world? world, Basically. Yeah. 
and I and I and I told her I said, well, it's it's a self confidence thing because you you up you just you just demonstrated to me that you think that anybody who transitions is not who they are. They're invalid. They are they are what they were born as, and that's who who they they're who they always be. And you give birth, and God gave you the the tools and all the things to repro- reproduce, and you got all these things. That's beautiful. I think it's amazing. But you're invalidating who I am. But if you got all these things and you're the original blueprint, then bitch, why would you be worried about a girl that's trying to be you? If if that's how you feel, if you're the original blueprint, bitch, you got the pussy and the titties and girl, you can you can push out babies and all the things. Girl, I would pay the, the girls that are trying to be me dust. I wouldn't feel no type of way. So what that tells me is that girl that's the insecurity that you have about trans women because obviously you need to step your pussy up to make sure that you're you feel good about yourself because that's an internal thing Hmm. that's how i feel that's an internal thing you you feel like a trans woman is coming into your your space taking up too much space but how we only make one one to eight percent of the population not even that not even that eight not even eight one to two yeah one to two <laughs> one to two percent of the population why do you feel a certain type of way but i think what the bottom line is they, they don't they don't believe you Mm-hmm. The bottom line is they don't believe that you are what you say you are. So, being that I don't believe that you are a woman, I don't think you should be here in my space. It's so hard. I don't think I should adjust to you being in my space if I feel mm. like you're not what I am. And so, Thanks. I'm offended that people are believing you. Mm. I'm offended that people are trying to tell me something that I don't believe and I should adjust to believing you that you're a woman. And sometimes as trans folks, we go into a mode where it's like, I know if I had success and I had all this money and I had all my surgeries, they was, maybe they would be treating me different, which is true to an extent. Mm-hmm. But those type of people, no matter what you do, no matter what you look like, no matter what you accomplish, You'll still be below them and you'll still be a pretender, an impersonator. Yeah. Yeah. And those people don't, I wouldn't waste my time on them. Like people who are, I don't waste my time on that. I don't have conversations like that. Uh Like you're, I'm never going to be in a shop and the conversation get to being disrespectful and I'm continue the conversation. And see, that's where that I think that's where I'm at, where I'm I need to um, realize when the conversation has taken another turn because because the, my because I'm I'm the flow of knowledge is not flowing. Yeah it's, yeah, it's being paid. And now you and now you're trying to make me seem like a bitch is belligerent saying if I want to be a butterfly and I identify as a butterfly, then I'm a butterfly. Right. If I want to be a police officer and I say that all my life, I want to be a police officer. Now you're playing with my pussy in my face. So. Yeah that's when I should have turned it off. But I think I was too invested into helping people. Cause there were some people on the outside that was like, you know, um, you know, I, this is actually really educational for me. I've never been able to ask somebody things, but then I had bitches asking me if I was a man or a woman, bitch, are you serious? Are you looking yeah. at me right now? But they, but that's the thing. They don't believe you. That's why, that's why the analogy with the butterfly, that's why they think that that's perfect. 
Because mm-hmm. that when they say stuff, well, if I identify as a dog, they don't mean I'm a dog. That's not even a human thing. <laughs> I, like, but they didn't get it at all. Like when I tried to yeah. get, like I tried to, like Diamond, I told them, I said, "You're a cis woman. I'm a trans woman." They mm-hmm. were like. What's a cis woman? What is this? I was like, well, the meaning means that you were born in the gender that you identify. And they were like, what do you mean I identify? I just am. I'm a woman. I don't identify as one. I just am. I'm the, I don't identify. I was born this. This is who I am. I don't identify as one. I don't get it. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, girl. And so when that I'm trying pers- to tell you the difference. In, if, if it was me in your situation, <clears throat> that moment when they said, that they don't get it. Like, in, in the, you're not going to have a breakthrough with them. I would have went to the lady said, oh, the lady who said, oh, I've never had to, I never had somebody that I could ask these questions. So, this is a learning experience for me. So. Here's my podcast. <laughs> here's, literally. Here's my podcast. Take a listen. Here you go. Because at this point, now it's becoming disrespectful. I wanted to twirl when, and I talked about popping somebody, and then you know they had they indirect stuff talking about well, what if they somebody gets somebody to pop you even harder, and that made me think like, okay, so what you're saying is you gonna get trade to try to pop me harder if I pop you, but no, stand in the two feet that girl talking about you can't get people to respect you. No, yeah, I can't. I can get people to respect me in my face if you call me a man, then I'm gonna pop you, and I guess I'm just gonna have to take my lick. Yeah. Like, either I'm going to get it right here or I'm not. And then it's my decision to decide if I want to pop you or not. Mm-hmm. Something that's always interesting to me is, you know, growing up, <laughs> growing up a girl and experiencing girlhood and periods, I've never heard one cis woman say, I love having my period. So it's so interesting how they just throw it at you like... Like a badge of honor. <laughs> right. <laughs> like they love it anyway. It's like, okay. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm pretty sure cis men would talk about how they they nuts hang yeah, and they, they got do. balls they do. and they dick. Do. I've heard that. I got a real dick. You got a, a dildo. They do that to studs. They do that to trans men. But then um, still be in the DMs like, so you got a pussy? So yeah. you like to get fucked? Yeah, all of the that. same one. <laughs> Weirdos. Um, yeah, I just think it. it m- what's funny and what I stopped doing was giving people grace. That's that was, what I was coming to. That yes. was not giving me grace. Mm-hmm. Like I'm giving your ignorance and your stupidity grace by sitting here being exposed to y'all kind of weird questions. Um. But you are not giving me any type of none, no type, any of, grace. type of grace. You you think this is a free for all, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm yeah. gonna express exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. You're not being tender with me in the same way that I'm being tender with you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I see there's no tenderness in the conversation, I end it. We gotta mm-hmm. stop because now it's just harmful for me. Mm-hmm. It's just harmful, and so I have to not be in this situation. You know, but I also don't open up the conversation to be educational in space, especially in spaces like that. It just seems negative. What is I just I y'all I did not expect for it to turn into a trans thing. I thought it was just gone. What? Like, it was Zaya. The subject no, was Zaya. You no, knew it was gonna be a trans thing. I mean, like I thought that we were just gonna be talking about parent 
parenting and you know what you should do for trans I thought that's what my I did <laughs> that's where my level uh, but baby oh uh, poor thing <laughs> I know. <laughs> they reminded me that I did not. It's gonna go to the root cause. It's yeah. gonna go to the root. It always go like when we have ra- r- r- conversations about like that's rooted in racism. It's gonna go to some kind of racist ideal eventually. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get out of the particulars and get back into that same racist ideal. When we talk about something that's rooted in misogyny, it's gonna get out of the particular. Like when we talk about the Gail and Snoop Dogg situation, when we talk about that situation. What he did was rooted in misogyny. That dog face, dirty bitch, that has a history. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, uh, that anti-black woman, it has a history. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, th- when you get out of the details, and yes, you you may be offended by, because Kobe is your friend and he's a superhero to you and blah, 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 blah. But your response to this black woman, you went into the misogynistic era the area of your brain that said let me call her all kind of bitches and disrespect her and in that kind of regard you mm. that why you went and defaulted to that level of type of disrespect is because it, you're rooted and trained to be misogynistic mm. and so that's why he had to come back and apologize because the women in his life said uh, it's not it's not what you said it's how you said it you see what I'm saying? It's not you. You were right. You may, you know, you wanted to have respect for Kobe, and maybe she shouldn't have been that prodding in the questions and blah 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 blah. But you didn't need to take it to this calling her bitches, black dog face, black bitch, and da da da. That kind we of love them get you, yeah, and threatening is all that kind of stuff. Damn. But you went to that visceral level because you wouldn't have did that if it was a white woman. True. I don't think it would have been it would have been the same language. I don't think the response would have been um, that same kind of way. I just don't think it would have been the same thing. And so it's always going to go to the root of the problem. If you, it's not going to stop at well. Let's just talk about parenting. No, it's going to be it's going to go to the root of the problem, which is transphobia. It's I don't believe that you are a woman. Zaya is a male, quote unquote. And at the end of the day, if because I'm transphobic, he's going to always be a male. So everything that y'all do catering to this craziness of him trying to be a girl is wrong. (laughs) So the root of the problem is transphobia. It's not necessarily we just have different opinions about parenting. No, we have a difference of opinion about transness. And so you don't agree with it. And so it's always going to lead to that. What is hard navigating, though, is that transphobia where they do come with tenderness. Everything they say is triggering as fuck. And then sometimes because they don't know about it, because they're ignorant, everything they're saying is asking is transphobic. But they still come in with a level of respect where you know they trying to learn that's kind of what i've been dealing with <laughs> and then i don't mind that like if they're yeah. coming with some tenderness i i get it i don't mind that it's, it's hard for me. it's hard knowing 
Uh, it no. can be triggering, yeah, but if you open up the door for that, then that's you open up the door. Oh, you the, I didn't you, open it. This yeah, time. but <laughs> that's what mainly then, then you pissed have me to off. Have the, you have to say, yes. Oh no, this is I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not in educational mode. Mm-hmm. You you got to set the boundary. True. You got to say, oh, I'm not having this conversation. I'm not. Oh no no no, I'm not having this conversation. I don't see. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to be a teacher. I'm not here to be a professor. I'm not here to be that right now. Mm-hmm. I basically was like, I feel like you should explore trans issues, do your research, come back to me so we could have a little higher conversation other than me having to tell you. Yeah, because at this point you're disrespecting me. Yeah, because you t- you you text me and tell me that um, I love you unconditionally, but God don't. I don't think God made a mistake with your gender, and it's that type of right and approaching so say, me. And then and then you say. <laughs> Well, we can't have a conversation because we're not on even, mm-hmm. even, we're not on yeah, the level to have that conversation. You can't even call me the right pronouns because you feel like you would be disrespectful to God. Okay. So, and so <laughs> that's there's, there's nothing that we, there's no middle ground that we can come on to be able to respect each other so we can't have we this can't conversation. Have a conversation we right. just gotta leave it alone mm-hmm. and and some people that is what it is and they'll say but what they'll say what my family has said about me though is that i'm unapproachable and i victimize myself and they feel like they're walking on eggshells and Good. every time they approach me Good. i'm difficult and i can't Good. talk to them because you're just <laughs> let me tell you why because mm-hmm. you told me that you feel like it's disrespectful to mm-hmm. God to use the, the the titles that I want to be used to me. Mm-hmm. So you are putting me in direct conflict with your God. So being that you feel that it's disrespectful to God, you don't want to use them. So you mm-hmm. can't come talk to me without being disrespectful. So if you're being disrespectful to me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be nice Open and approachable and, nice. and da 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 so mm-hmm. i'm never gonna be nice and approachable if you are not respecting me with the right pronouns if you're not respecting me with the right name mm-hmm. so if you can't even do that basic level we there is no place that when well, think about the venn diagram there's no place that we <laughs> overlap there's if you got the two circles we're not overlapping nowhere so you're, you're, you're not letting me you're so- not so you're just going to push away everybody that disagrees with you, even your own family? I no, understand. I'm pushing away people who disrespect me. Right. I understand your LG, your community. Yes. Understand the difference. You. Understand the difference. No, I'm not pushing, I'm not pushing mm-hmm. you away because you disagree with me. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing you away because you are disrespecting me. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to call me this name mm-hmm. and use this pronouns. If you can't do that, it's disrespectful. It's not because you disagree. You can disagree all you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm, exactly. But you're going to respect me. Exactly. Respect what I want to be called. Respect the title that I'm giving you to call me. Mm-hmm. It's just like somebody saying, um, you went and got this doctor degree, and you think I'm supposed to call you a doctor, Dr. Styles. Mm-hmm. That's late. <laughs> yeah. That's what the title. I earned it, right. and so I. When you introduce me, I want to be Doctor Styles. Right. And if you refuse to do it, then it's not about you disagreeing. Well, I've been knowing you, and I don't think that that should be that important. Mm-hmm. It, I seen you come out your mama put. I remember the day mm-hmm. they named you. It's so hard to get rid of that. And there was no. a, a lady at the shop that was so confused by that. She was like. <laughs> 
So how is it disrespectful if I call if I call a trans woman a, a man a boy if that's what you are? And I, and she said this but to my face, and I said yeah. it's because it's disrespectful. And she was like, "How's that disrespectful?" I said, "Because I'm telling you, I that's tell not you, what I'm am. Yeah, if I tell you that <laughs> I go by she/her pronouns and you call me the wrong pronoun, it's disrespectful. What? But I I what I feel like is that you you're not a dumb bitch. You get it. You just telling me that you don't get it because you you being a, a ignorant asshole right now you're trying to pretend like you don't understand but bitch you understand that you playing with my pussy in my face right now you get it girl and 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 it got it gets to a point where you we either are going to work together mm-hmm. or we're not period you either <laughs> like it, you, you it's no you're not giving me any leeway to work with you mm-hmm. you're not giving me any grace mm-hmm. you're not giving me anything that i can work with i can't even be in this situation without you calling me the name that i don't want to be called mm-hmm. and that's so simple to do yes because you can disagree with me. You can still think I'm a man on the inside. But if I ask you to call me a woman or refer to me as she, her, hers, da 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 it actually doesn't hurt you to do that. It doesn't hurt you to do it. And it doesn't change your mind to do it. But if this is what I want to be called and how I want to be referred to, it's and so you're hard. choosing not to do it. Because you got to yeah. call your manager, your, ma- your manager, your manager, even though you may not like that bitch, but you still got to say that's your manager. Whenever, when, whenever you got it. I'm just saying, yeah. you have to call people their titles, even though you may not agree with the way they manage. Or you I'm might pretty not sure ag- a lot of us ain't want to call master master. But <laughs> you had to unless you wanted to get wore out. Mm. But it's really hard to navigate when they be like, but I feel like I'm disrespecting God. Okay, well, bye. It's not, but you don't navigate it. That's the thing about it. Yeah. You don't, don't <laughs> navigate it. Yeah. Like, okay, so calling me what I am, you're disrespecting God. So mm. that means I don't fit into your life religiously. And so being that I don't, you have a right to your religion, you have a right to your belief. So now it's not me pushing you away. It's you pushing me away because of your religion. Mm. So we don't have any common ground. So I have to be over here (laughs) Mm. and you have to be over there. You're not, you're trying to make it seem like it's me doing it. But it's not. It's you. You don't want to respect me. So we're not going to do this. I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be making this work between us because I don't care at this point. So do you. Definitely. (laughs) That's basically what I let me know. So just the bottom line is, darling, you know, make sure you that you put you first and always. Always. And, and let go of the people excuse me Ooh. and let go of the people who just is not getting it because they're never going to get it don't waste time on them like if it's somebody who's educational who is open to the education let them talk to them yeah mm-hmm. if you have no i had a great conversation with my driver in in california 
yesterday and it was it was beautiful it was a beautiful conversation and he said some wrong things but he was super apologetic and i understood where his mindset was what with it and then as we continued to talk he was like oh now i get it that makes sense and it turned into a beautiful conversation Mm -hmm. and so i didn't leave the situation feeling like oh i was disrespected i left the situation feeling like oh i came in contact with somebody who who is ignorant to the situation so they don't know how to respond to me in a certain situation and when i teach them how they fix it and we learn we have a learning process we 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 go back and forth and then i leave the situation and he said god you taught me so much Boom, you were Mm -hmm. open to the information. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, because people are not trying, that situation, they're not trying to learn. They're trying to teach you Mm -hmm. that you are a man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Like, they're not not trying to learn your perspective. They're trying to teach you that, no, I'm not open to learning what you're trying to teach me. I'm here Mm -hmm. to tell you that you are a man. I have a vagina. I have a uterus. I can have babies. And... You're a man. It shouldn't be disrespectful for me to tell you the truth. They're not trying to learn anything. Listen to their voice. Learn people who learn. They're going to be asking questions, not combative questions, mm. clarity questions. And uh, that is just the tone is going to be different. They were trying to teach you. They're trying to teach you that you are still a man. You are still a boy. You are still all this foolishness that you got going on. I'm never going to believe it. Mm. It's not about me learning in that moment. It's about to put you. It's about putting you in your, in your place. place. And so once you realize you're in one of those situations, when you realize that you're you're engaging with one of those people, burn the whole shop. (laughs) (laughs) You stop the conversation and you end it. You'd be like, oh, okay, so this is we're not learning anything in this situation. I thought I opened this door and it's okay to renegotiate the terms of the conversation in the moment. I opened this door because I thought I was in a safe place to um maybe educate some people but i see that we're not we're not educating in this space so i'm just gonna leave it alone and just sit here and get my hair done can you do my hair lady thank you right (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah i'm just gonna sit here and get my hair done i apologize i thought that i was in a safe place and i clearly am not so boom and when i leave i ain't coming back don't say I wouldn't say that because yeah. it may not mess up your hair. <laughs> yeah. but, no. but but because you know I had to go get my hair redone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I was overcharged. Yeah, so all of that extra, 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 extra. So anyway, let's go on to the next topic. Oh my God! I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. (laughs) So thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? 
Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So this is our last episode in the month, the Black History Month. This is our last episode. So I kind of wanted to show some love to some of our favorite Black podcasts, of course. Um, So, yeah, that's all I want to talk about. I want to talk about um, why we love listening to Black podcasts. And um, and share with y'all some of our favorite ones so that if you are new to Marsha's Play, we can introduce y'all to some folks that we love. Put y'all on some game. Put y'all on some game. and get. Jeez. I know I learn all the time. So Hell yes. yeah. So. What's your bad self? <laughs> <laughs> what other black podcasts do you listen to me? Well, I listen. One. Okay, so definitely T with Queen the J. Okay, so uh-huh. we all we all Batty Brigade. Yeah, we all listen to the Batty Brigade. So I guess we'll go through them. But T with Queen okay. the J. Am I considered a baddie? Is what I want to know. Of yeah, course, yeah. <laughs> you, you're the only male. It's, you're it's the only male baddie. <laughs> Is it gender neutral or no? You're the only. You're only the guy. Only guy in the Batty Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, male. Correcting that male part. <laughs> So, um, Tea with Queen and Jay. Uh, so, what's your favorite episode? Um, when she was talking about, what well, not when they were both talking about, um, trauma porn, trauma porn. I had never really heard that, and I started having a, a good idea because they were talking about uh, slavery movies, and I think Harriet. we had just got through from seeing Harriet together, and they. So wait, wait, wait. We got we're t- when she says she, we're talking to in them. We're talking about Queen and um, Jay, Janicia, um, and they are two womanist race nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and we love them. So yes, yes, yes. So your favorite episode is Trauma Porn. Yes. Yeah. Um, because they were talking about uh, just um, avoiding certain things that seemed like it, it would cause a lot of trauma for them. It's like um, the Joker where he was like killing and being crazy and stuff. And a lot of slavery movies where, you know, black people are being um, beaten and, you know, they go through the whole thing. And it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, it, it could be a lie. You could you leave the movie theater like one to twirl the first white person you see. But no shade <laughs> because of all the trauma you you see in in the slavery movie, and then the white people come out like, "Oh, bitch, you know, let's keep it cute." And um, yeah, I I thought that was a really interesting uh, topic because mm. I I never heard anybody really talk about it like that. I liked y'all hiring. I also like hair. I like all of them, but I like I liked uh, y'all hiring because she started off like. Your boyfriend likes trans women. Relax. <laughs> That's how she starts off. I'm like, yes. And I like light skin audacity because I'd be on that bullshit, that light skin bullshit. Sometimes I'd be like, okay, we got to learn some shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I like all of them, though. Uh, <laughs> I listen. I think one of my favorites is... Um, oh, I've been... Recently, I've been saying... Um, but that's business <laughs> because what they were talking about how people are, um, you know, they'll be defending like capitalistic 
bullshit. When somebody doing some fucked up capitalistic shit that's exploiting people and they be like, but that's business. And Jay saying it like that was so funny to me. So throughout, <laughs> throughout the month, I've been saying that randomly. <laughs> but that's business. Um, one of my favorite episodes is when they were talking about black sense um, and um, how like podcasts. Sometimes when we insert listening to podcasts, sometimes you hear people talking and you like, you a black girl, you don't sound like a black girl. Like you, you don't have, you're not giving me the cultural clues that says that you are a part of, you know, the group of black girls that's like me. And you know, that ain't no, uh, that, that ain't no, um, uh, it's deeper than Oh, you sound white. Are you trying to sound white? No, that's like on some surface level shit. I'm talking about the, uh, there's robust cues that people give in their vocal, in their intonation, in their um, vernacular, in their cultural references, in their, um, you know, just how they sound and how they um, inflect words that is deeper than just, oh, you're trying to sound white. It's I can tell that you're not you're not giving me the black sense that I need. And in podcast, I need to hear somebody that I can relate to. I can't listen to podcasts. Some of them, if the subject matter is if the subject matter is interesting, I can go with it. But um, I need to hear stuff I like talked about from from people who have black sense. I need you to sound like. I want you to sound like you a girl that I could have went to school with. You a girl that is in culturally within my sphere. So if you don't have that, then I don't like it. So then they were talking about that. Um, and then and then speaking of accents, not black sense, but accents. I love one of the episodes. I can't remember what episode, but they it was about um, British black stars coming to America and taking black American roles. Was that Harriet Tubman? No, it was, they had the conversation way before that. Okay. It was way before that. It was another, um, another incident of before Harriet Tubman that they were having the conversation and they were, and a lot of times what, um, T with Queen and J does for me is, um, they will articulate something that I thought, but they'll they're articulated. They'll say it, and I'm like, oh, that is what my brain was trying to get to. It hadn't just got to. It had just hadn't got there yet. That is what I thought, and you just put it into words. And so it'll happen a lot of times when I'm listening to them, and when when I'm listening to them, and they made the reference in um, talking about how British black British actors that in in American culture because they have this accent. This act, this British accent, and you know how we think about British accents, like British people are refined and sophisticated and blah, 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 because they're associated with Europe. Mm-hmm. And so because they have this British accent, it exotic, it, um, it makes them more exotic than the regular black person. Mm-hmm. And so it gives them a level of um, proximity to whiteness that we don't have. So, ooh, let us get this exotic black person from the UK. It gives them a proximity, even though, like, in the UK, it may not. Like, if you're in the UK, 
it may be something totally different, but to Americans and may, these white producers and these white creators who want to hire black people, your you having this British accent makes you exotic. And it makes you a little bit different. You're not regular black. And so that can give them a, a level of privilege that black actors don't have. There was a... Um a skit with Key and Pill about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy, both of the guys had, you know, they was playing a hood scene out. Then one of them had a real accent and the other one was American. He was like, I'm really, the American was like, I'm really from the hood because the white producer was telling him to do a better job. He was like, I'm from the hood though. I really grew up in the hood. I'm not really acting like that. But the other guy had a British accent and the white producer was like, you're doing a great job. I love the acting. I'm believing it. I'm really believing it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a funny skit that that right. just reminded me of. Yeah, because he's like, I'm really from the hood. Yeah. This is not acting. This <laughs> is real. Right. <laughs> yes. So like that, like, so there's a, it's just like a a ridiculous notion that they're a little bit better Mm. than us, Um, that kind of thing. Doesn't it give like the opposite effect, like the way they view Americans? What you mean? That we're dumb? Uh, Yeah. Uh, That we're not as intelligent over. Yeah. How we talk. Yeah. Yeah. We had a big fucking influence in black culture. So definitely, <laughs> shifting the culture in yes. there. I'm sure yes. the, the civil rights affected how they shifted the culture mm-hmm. in um, the UK. Yes, absolutely. Definitely but, not dumb. But thinking about <laughs> those type of things, yeah. T. Queen, T. Queen and Jay always um, artic- articulate something that um, you know I, I didn't think about or I didn't mm-hmm. I hadn't it hadn't came out of my mouth yet but I thought it yeah and, it's like, and, they, oh, articulate and they articulate it in a deeper way yeah you're like okay yes yeah. that's exactly you know that mm-hmm. so that's what I love about them so if you like podcasts that talk about race that talk about um um politics. gender politics current events and you know you just a laugh shit they yeah, make me laugh funny as hell all the time. <laughs> queen j is great yeah. yeah so let's talk about um queer walk so queer walk um lesbian hosted by two lesbians and two black lesbians um one is masculine of center and one is i think femme but personality wise, they kind of switch. Did mm. do y'all get that? I do kind of feel because that because personality. Even though Nikita is like the mm. butch lesbian, mm-hmm. she's the softer mm-hmm. one in their personality. I had asked money. I was money like, is the more aggressive kind of ah what. Yeah. <laughs> I asked money. I was like, "Is Nikita a stud?" Or she was like, "No, I forgot what she said." But I just had to ask. I was like, I'm not sure. Because when listen to their voices, I haven't uh-huh. met them before. Uh-huh. So I was just like, what's going on? Like, what type of... Because, you know, I used to be in that community. So I'm just wondering. Well, you met money before. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah, money, I have, yeah. Actually, at I have. At the part yeah. of life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so money is um, a mental health professional. She actually, next week on the 6th, she is um, defending her dissertation. So, ow, good luck, bitch. Yes. Um, about to be docs of money. Um, 
so she's a mental health professional and that is her bag she that that's just what it is so she always come in with amazing like just tips to help black girls survive all this bullshit that we we are dealing with and then um nikita is um socialist i think yeah she's she's a socialist and so she's an organizer and so that's what they bring to the table and one of my favorite favorite episodes um is um it's two of them one episode is where nikita in her segment called the word she breaks down um the march on washington that happened in the 80s 20 years after the one that happened in the 60s and so and she and she kind of broke down and shared all the things of how you know the church folks was um trying to stop the lgbt narrative from being told on the stage Mm -hmm. and so eventually um Mm -hmm. audrey lord was able to be one of the speakers and so Mm -hmm. i that i was just I, I just was amazed by that that, that connection, that connection, mm-hmm. and her breaking that down. And then there was an episode um, with Money d- describing how homosexuality got taken out of the um, American Psychological Association's book mm-hmm. Manual for Disorders and stuff. Mm-hmm. It how you know they mm-hmm. ran up in the boardroom that they were supposed to be voting. To take it in, take it out of the book as a mental disorder, and how they really shut the shit down until you know, like drag queens and queer men and lesbians, and they just mm-hmm. kind of came together to shut it down. And I thought that was an amazing story, and mm-hmm. th- those two um, really, because this is their bag and that's what they love to talk about. They really, really go in depth, mm-hmm. and I always learn something mm-hmm. when I'm listening to them. Um, my favorite one is what can people do when you tell the truth? But listen, it's episode 73. They talk about, well, they basically give breakdowns of how to assess if it's, uh, if and when a friendship needs to end. And also, um, there's another one I like where they gave like tips of how to handle a suicidal friend. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one that was, but that was actually a good tip because at the time I was dealing with a suicidal friend. So I was like, boom. And I was executing it. And the friend actually started to feel better. So it was dope. Yeah, I love that. My, my favorite episode is, um, uh, it's called By 2015. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about emotional abuse in the uh, mental like a mental movement episode mm-hmm. and they were um they were just talking about emotional abuse and money's like, mental moment yes yes, yes. <laughs> they were talking about like different um different ways emotional abuse can can be and and how you can notice them in any relationship that you have and like they were going through like different things and i was like this is very interesting um cuz like you could I'm not saying anything about my relationship, but I'm just saying, like, it, you know, if you've been in um, certain, situation. certain situations in relationships with people and stuff, you know, you could kind of pick apart, you know, what was toxic about them. Yes. So it was really interesting. <laughs> but th- that's why I like that one, that uh, the episode. And the next one was Bag Ladies. Mm-hmm. 
Bag of lady. You gon' miss your bus. Uh, you so, can't. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't hurry up. You, you got so much stuff. Um. <laughs> so my favorite episode with bag ladies is um I love it was so funny because I think. Stephanie is funny as hell. Yo, she, she's, she's hilarious. <laughs> she's laughing. hilarious. She, when we did the live show, I was laughing at her. Yeah, <laughs> Stephanie is funny as hell. Just as I think, like, she should be a comedian. <laughs> but, um, um, Me- Megan Nostalgia Knees. <laughs> that, that episode was funny as hell. Um, and of course, because they are Latinx, um, podcast, they give me a perspective. That's different than my own, and I learn um, so much from them in regards to the Latinx experience. And so that's my that I always listen to them just to see what they got to say about you know anything. Mm, they be that talking about Latinx Cardi B, really, yeah. yeah. You know, they thought some shit like that, yeah. Um, mine is we are not past kneeling. They go in depth about cutting ties off with family members. You know, I'd be dealing with a lot of people in my life. You know, <laughs> I just be trying to learn how to navigate juggle them. How to, yeah, and see that people be dealing with the same bullshit, and they be cis people, and they be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Oh, you feel my pain. Give you different perspectives yeah. and things. Yeah. My favorite episode was let's talk about the big D depression with um, just Latasha. And um, mm. like I always love. Did you know that that was Latasha that we did the interview with? Yeah. Did you know that was her when you first listened to it? You knew? I knew that was the, I, the name. The name. I was like, that's yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. You remember when we went to New York? And we interviewed at that place. We sipped the wine. Well, we had the wines, and they said that the files were corrupted. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Did you know that was her? I know you I did didn't. It. Yeah, that was. I didn't know it was her. That's interesting. <laughs> cool. So yeah. that was what I. That was the episode that I really liked. Let me tell you why I really liked it. Uh-huh. The reason why I really liked it is because I like when. People talk about depression in general because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm I'm a person who's dealt with like um, severe depression, and mm-hmm. I never I've never gotten medicine and stuff. You know, just smoked a blunt here and there, girl. You know, to deal with it, and not to not not saying that I rely on um, weed to deal with depression, but it does help with depression. But mainly, I. I I don't even want to talk about me smoking weed. This isn't a weed episode. Can you take this part out, Diamond? I don't want people thinking about that I'm a... Weed. You are I'm, a smoker. I am a stoner, but I don't want them to... You know you know oh, how no. people are, are so judgmental. I spent $60 on weed for her yesterday. Yes, <laughs> First they of all, I be giving my half. Because I definitely got five on it. And a little bit more, bitch. Uh, five eights. Five is not half a six. <laughs> <laughs> but I cook motherfucking breakfast. Oh, I cook right. breakfast. I make. Sh- come on, oh. Dor- come on, Dor- oh. Doris Day. I didn't say nothing. You say go on Doris Day. Exactly. <laughs> what it is. Okay, Doris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my wifely duty. But you my know, this is not about weed or wifely, you know. Because no. we're talking about depression. Yeah. Sorry. It's you know, I have my pu- res- to that episode because it was about depression. Yeah, you know, I have my respect- respectability politics every now and then. You know, they yeah. sweep in there. Uh huh. <laughs> the stoner. 
<laughs> so I, I what I was about to say, I really I just I really like when people talk about depression because um it, it's very common and a lot of people don't like to talk about it because you know, like we all have these egos and we all want to make sure you know let the people not around us know that we strong and we, we can't nothing affect us but we all go through something and it's nice to know that you're not alone on that boat sometimes and because sometimes when you're going through depression you can be you you think like damn a bitch is like really going through it like girl I know I, I gotta be crazy out of my mind. Ain't nobody going through the same shit. And then you listen or you you view like stuff on, on YouTube or you see other or you listen to podcasts and you hear that you're not the only one. And some of these things that you have normalized and accepted as a lifestyle is actually a form of depression. And you <clears throat> you need to get out of it. Excuse me. You need to get out of that. And go back to the real you because I think some like after a while of normalizing and it becoming a part of your lifestyle, you think that this is actually normal. Right. But anyways, I just I just love any any type of any type of outlet that's talking about that depression mental and, and mental health. Yeah, yeah, mental health, because I think it's really important, especially in, in, the, in the black community, Absolutely. because we, we really don't talk about yeah. it enough. And, you know, we're strong, but girl, you know, mental health is self-care and getting your bag right too, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On to inner hole uprising. Yes. <laughs> yes, one of the faves where they definitely destigmatize a lot of sex stuff and dating hoeing and dating and they talk about gender stuff my favorite one is called scientist youtuber intersex person the gayest of all gays it's a long ass title but it's dope as fuck i love how they talk about intersex people There's- so all right so inner hole uprising <laughs> is hosted by f- four a fab people yes three cisgender and one trans mm-hmm um they range from are all of them pansexual i don't know but let the people know that don't know what afab and mayfab is because some of you girls don't know what mayfab what's mayfab let us know we don't know what mayfab is (laughs) i did not say mayfab (laughs) y'all are lying i said amen it's in the recording (laughs) (laughs) deleted diamond So AFAB is A F A B or A MAB A M A B. When you hear us reference that as AFAB or A MAB, it is assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth. We know, you know, y'all just started learning the difference mm-hmm. between cisgendered and transgender. But here's some here go these trannies with some more words <laughs> y'all to learn. Just now learn the order of LGBT. <laughs> yeah. QIA. Y'all just learned. Plus plus. Here y'all go adding stuff. <laughs> more uh, than that. You'll catch up. You'll, you'll catch sure up. You sure will. And you but should. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it is hosted by four um AFAB people and they discuss sex and dating. Um and it's just amazing. Like, um, my favorite. So that you got another episode that's your favorite. I don't want to skip if you had another one. I also like the herpes one. Don't try to steal mine. No, I'm for real. <laughs> that is one of my favorite ones. When you brought it up, I was like, okay, I do like that one. Yeah. So the herpes <laughs> one was really cool to me because 
I I'm of I'm an older millennial and <laughs> <laughs> and STI and um infections and stuff like that in in the era in this where I grew up in it was secretive you don't talk about it you don't you it wasn't open to talk about it wasn't um it, it just something you that's your business why are you telling your business like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. go get your pill go get your shot you know your penicillin and take your ass and leave it alone and whatever mm-hmm. and and so to hear them so candidly discussing STIs like it's just nothing that's how it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be open and that's when that's when you get to the point where you can have dialogue and dialogue and learn that's why so much miseducation is out here because people can't just openly talk about it Mm -hmm. and there's so much shame around stigma stigma and shame around that and so hearing them talk about it so openly and on a passive entertaining way like Mm -hmm. a podcast is beautiful because it it just it just was so interesting how Mm -hmm. you know somebody navigated the world and deals with it on Mm -hmm. a day-to-day basis and then them talking about it so candidly was and being so open and Mm -hmm. i just and it's it's not that episode it's it's multiple episodes they'll be talking Mm -hmm. about stuff that i i hadn't even thought about Mm-hmm. Um, like even, you know, like I love their series around, um, horror flicks, mm-hmm. you know, and then breaking down horror flicks and a different type of horror flicks. And of course the one that I always learn something when I listen to them, but, or, and it's, uh, they always will be talking about something funny too. They're mm-hmm. hilarious too. But one that really just really impacted me was the one, the interview with um, Kim Oliver. Um, she's um, a black woman from the UK who has MS and she's in a, she, you know, she in a wheelchair and her, the interview with her just really, really just taught me so much. Uh, about my blind side like my mm-hmm. I, disability is one of my blind spots and so i have to be very very conscious about you know really including um disability in my analysis around um dismantling structures and so hearing her and really her being so open and honest about her situation and me finding so much parallels between her existence and her um and her experience in dating was so parallel to mine. Mm-hmm. I, literally, we end up connecting with each other and talking on the phone for hours. Mm-hmm. Me and Kim talked on the phone for hours and we just was relating how, just how many parallels we have in regards to, you know, being fetishized and in, in dating stuff. It was so groundbreaking in my mind. Just, it was such a breakthrough that my mind was just blown. And the show yes. did it and my, my later conversation with Kim, um, it just it just was it just was like, like I was like um, they were asking the right questions, mm-hmm. and it just it just was on point for me. So that was my favorite. Those the the herpes one, that one, and then um, it's just it's just so many. Yeah, yeah. those are my. Two <laughs> How about yeah. you? My favorite one is the one we were on. Yeah. That when when they interviewed us and. 
you know, um, it was about love and, you know, and it was all the first thing. time we told our story, really. Outside of, outside of our, yeah. our, our yeah. Yeah. yeah, we. I remember for a long time you was like, I don't really want to tell people how we met on PMM, and that was like one of the first times we I actually got so many it. respectability politics <laughs> that I didn't know, because you know I had like this whole like. And then I don't even know if I want to be a lady anymore. At first, I wanted to be a lady, like I'm, I'm oh, because my, look, oh, oh drop it. You want to detransition or the first? First I'm of all, that's what we're not gonna do is say a lady and a woman is the same thing because it is not. That's true. Um. So all right, I. I Diamond. Mia Francis. <laughs> oh. I just, you know, because a lot of people, I used to get complimented all the time for being so ladylike and so high femme. And since women used to ask, like, ask me to give them tips, and I'm just like, bitch, I'm just being super, super high femme. I didn't have the language for it, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, girl, I'm just being extra. You could do the same thing you wanted to, girl. Mm-hmm. But. I had these respectability politics and I was like, that you know, working lady, through. That's I am, that I'm working through. And I just want to say that I'm sorry for volunteering information for you, you know, telling people about being a femme top and <gasps> out of your Are you element. really sorry? I Are am. you really sorry? <laughs> because you but, really, I, but you want to know something? You want to know so <laughs> something that's so good about life? Mm-hmm. Is that you can make choices all the time. So I've decided <laughs> that I'm a power bottom now. Oh, I'm not okay. a I'm not a I'm not a femme top. I'm a, I'm a I'm a masculine power bottle. <laughs> oh. Okay, it's okay because I be, be no, I'm just joking. You the bottom for me, and you never want a bottom for me. So that works absolutely. A power bottom. Anyway. Okay, okay. First of all, anyway. we're not finna pretend like I don't be. I I do bottom dime. I mean Z. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about our sexual relationship. This is, not, this is about inner hoe uprising. Y'all we keep y'all about home hoe. <laughs> I do. We we be turning it out. We be having verse sessions all the time. Occasionally, it be it be it be fire. Yeah. Anyway, don't try it. Fire. It'd so yeah, if, if, if you are listening. <laughs> If you uh, want a show that <laughs> explores sex <laughs> dating, <laughs> not Mia and Z's, you know, occasional verse <laughs> sessions <laughs> hosted by black, um, some queer, some not so queer <laughs> folks. Okay. Check Interhole Uprising out. Um, Let's talk about, oh, a little juju podcast. So if you like African spirituality from, you know, this is, we only going to talk about black podcasts because we really only listen to black podcasts. Pretty much. That's what it is. So a little juju podcast is amazing. Um, So she does it by herself, which I, that's, that's hard in itself to do a show by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so you know she does that and one of my favorite episodes of um a little juju podcast is um the one that she explores um Tituba, which is the black tr- the black witch of the salem witch trials 
Um, and I thought that that was an amazing episode. It really mm-hmm. went into detail about Tutuba's history, mm-hmm. and um, super super excited about it. I loved it. Did you want to hear a soft, soothing voice? There you go. Oh yeah, cause she baby. <laughs> I cannot listen to. I can't listen to Juju at night. I have to listen mm-hmm. to her in the in the morning time because mm-hmm. Juju has a very soothing voice. And mm-hmm. baby, I wake up <laughs> and I don't be and it don't skip to a million episodes because <laughs> she'll put me right to sleep. Not because it's a it, the content is boring, but because mm-hmm. her voice is so soothing and soft, mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's it's soothing to me, which is ironic for me because <laughs> I'm a child of Ogun and she is a child of Osh. And if you know anything about the canon of Ifa, um, Oshun is very hypnotic to Ogun. <laughs> she soothes the savage beast within him. <laughs> the savage beast when he was going on his murderous rampage with his machete. She was the one that kind of calmed him down and soothed him. So it's ironic that her voice is, you know, soothing to me. That's and the first so, thing I noticed when I yeah. put it on. I was like, oh, she's very soft miss vixen podcast mm-hmm. that's one i like the first episode with diamond also like um consent period with mm-hmm. vanessa vagistine yes it's um with should i say uh with queen yeah it's okay, queen's yeah. it's queen's, it's queen's podcast, podcast with um from t with queen j yeah. but her own personal podcast right yeah so i do like that one i, I like mm-hmm. the one with with jay mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i like the one with jay and um you know because she goes into her bike story <laughs> like the, the florida type of bike no her break bike, bike no where her parents or... didn't get her a bike where they gave her brother <laughs> they gave her brother a bike but she's the one who wanted a bike for christmas and he didn't even want the damn bike yeah and so that's her bike her bike story her bike trauma <laughs> so um i love the episode of miss vixen um what oh and um your gay aunties yep your gay aunties is really good my favorite one is stacy and chin um i love her i think she's a great um poet and i love the videos of stacy and her daughter that's how i was introduced to her Mm -hmm. so listening to stacy ann on their show was like oh wow this is this is great um and then seeing two you know older lesbians talking about experience and getting giving tips i just thought that was Mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful concept i think Mm -hmm. it's great um that's interesting. Yeah, I, there's some like I didn't like their stance in the um, in the flame situation, mm. but I like them. I like listening to them. Mm-hmm. I like listening to people who care about us mm-hmm. explore a topic that we might disagree on. Right. It, that 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 come because they always come with that grace that we were talking about earlier they come with a grace and not Mm -hmm. not just um um, the gay aunties but um but just some people you know that they care about us because we're Mm -hmm. in the in the community and so um the tenderness that they have about the subject even though you know it's not fully aligned with what i believe about the subject it is it's not coming from a hateful place Mm -hmm. 
it's not coming from it doesn't it 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 doesn't feel harmful mm-hmm. even though we're disagreeing it they doesn't feel different they just, yeah. just they just see a different way and you're yeah. not going to be traumatized and after you're not you get to listen to exactly. it exactly mm-hmm. and so that's what i, I still enjoyed hearing them mm-hmm. um explore their ideas about the flame situation mm-hmm. and so that was a beautiful a beautiful um not beautiful but it was a good i enjoyed listening to yeah. that as well even though i was like ah, <laughs> ah. but the stacy and stacy and chin is my favorite favorite one mm-hmm. um Yes. Do you have a favorite one from now? Little old Dyke me would have liked this podcast. But, um, <laughs> I like yes. Get the Devil Out Your Fridge. They talk about like... Uh, so country. <laughs> they talk about like deep-rooted family religious shit and how they were, how your family were, like that ingrained, their word is law type of shit. So yeah, and they kind of explore that, being queer and shit. You know? Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, i love i and i actually recently listened to a live of them on they did it live on youtube and i had been doing my lives on youtube and so i was i wanted to support and see what they was giving and they had one of their sisters on the show who has a lesbian daughter Mm -hmm. and they were talking about um just parenting like parenting and supporting Mm -hmm. your child and what a difference that make and you know, it was a beautiful conversation as well. I thought that was interesting. So definitely check that out. Um, so yes, honor, you said honorable mentions. You said the read. I love the read, but they they're like one of the top they podcasts. They don't they yeah. you know they don't need no help. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that they any mentioned us, so I was like, bro. But they they out here with TV shows and shit. Yeah, so, yeah they had yeah. Maddie on the show. They yeah. doing the thing. Um, who else? I uh, what's Him. the remedy podcast? I think they have a, a a licensed therapist that's a part of the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. There's a, a there's a um, what's the remedy is based here, right in Houston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the remedy? There's a um, there's there's a, a him. It's called him H I M. The him podcast. Um, hosted by queer guys, and they um they are kiki. So I I like listening to them. Um. Who else? What's, What's the remedy? Way? Is is two cis men, um, one cis woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know what they identify though. Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds interesting to listen to. Let's uh, talk, bruh. <laughs> Let's talk, bruh. Let's talk, bruh. Is really good because uh, it's a cis man dismantling um, toxic masculinity. Oh. Um, okay. Of course, like brown, that one. brown liquor report. They have good conversations. Mocha Minute Sunshine. I feel so late when I remember that. Who else? I'm trying to think just honorable mentions. It's a lot of people starting podcasts, though. Yeah. Yeah, starting black podcasts. Come on. It's a lot of black podcasters out there. I just. It's growing. Yeah, you got to support them. You got to support your black podcast because that is how. um, Make sure you are sharing it. Angelica Ross got one, I think. Janet Mott. Yeah. And oh, licks, uh, lip service, Angelie. Oh, girl. Yeah, all those people, <laughs> they already have platforms. So I'm yeah. talking about people who. Okay. This is, okay. you know. You yeah. Um, the underdogs. Yeah, the underdogs that need yeah. some kind of um, 
you know, I don't want to, it's not help. It's just that more amplification. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so yes, we wanted to do and before money. we want to show, <laughs> um, some of the podcasts that we love. We're going to have all of their links in the bottom. So make sure you go and check them out. <laughs> We also wanted to share um, and shine some light on some trans people that are living because this is Black Trans History. Oh, that would be dope. (laughs) That would be great. That would be sickening. (laughs) Because this is Black History Month, we want to kind of share some people right now that are are adding to the Black Trans History Mm -hmm. um, that are living and doing the work out here now that are not popular they may be popular in our circles but they're not like on some big platform like a laverne like a janet like a you know Mm -hmm. like the girls of pose and they're Mm -hmm. not on platform so you may not hear about them but we wanted to kind of shout out use the end of the episode to shout out some of the people that um you know that we think you might need to go if you want to you know be more Supportive. Supportive to the trans community. These are these some of these names. So I want you to go follow them and pay attention to their work. So, um, Z, who is your first person? Um, mine is Jonathan Underwood. Thunderword. Um, Thunderword. Ah, yes. Mine is Jonathan Thunderword. I met him at BTAC. He's been doing work. Since he's like seventy years eight. old. Yeah, he's an elder. He's yes. a pastor. He's been. Yeah. He's Almost everybody's daddy. <laughs> the B-Tech. Right. Uh, or granddad. Um, so he's been doing the work since the 80s. He's a black trans man that's put himself in places um, to be an ally to trans women and people of the AIDS epidemic, HIV epidemic in those times. Um, he's a theologian, a scholar, um, very free thinker. He's an omni-faith, multi-spiritual practitioner. Um, he's an ordained minister. There's a picture of him marrying a trans couple. Come on, facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have um, facts. He's very educated. You could just look up his name, see all types of different stuff under his name. And there's a link on lgbtqreligiousarchives.org, and they go... Um, and we'll put pers- it in the bottom. Yeah, the person that interviews him allows him to go in depth about his life as a uh, like an archive, and he just be spitting a lot of tea on what was going on. The white people, the white gays was being shady at the time towards the black people that was impacted. Um, he talked about how some of the people needed a, like a third shift to go out at night to give these um, these facts about how to prevent the epidemic. Um, you need a third shift to go out for the girls that work late at night, the black girls, the people that are drug users. and You know, he was a black trans man doing that work at the time. Yeah, and letting think, people know that, mm-hmm. that like, back then they didn't, uh, uh, they didn't, they were so traumatized by uh, gay people that they didn't even, they were scared to help them when they were in, in traumatic situations. Like, if the, the, um, the people that were um, called for emergency, like the ambulance, they would be mm-hmm. afraid to help them and they would oh, sit yeah. there and look at them die and somebody mm-hmm. would have to like be like, no, you need to help them. And mm-hmm. even when they died, they didn't even, pastors didn't even want mm-hmm. to to do their 
their um sermon and the things and when he they talked about i'm sorry no go ahead this is actually your topic he talked about um they used to put plastic over the caskets and wouldn't even let you touch the people like they didn't know how to handle the people at all they wouldn't let you look at them touch them and he says crazy to witness yeah. that so yeah yeah he he just gives a lot of detail at towards the beginning of that audio um interview about what was going on in the 80s okay um i guess mine would be socorro out in san francisco um socorro is a black trans man who and we're gonna put the links in the bottom so you check them out he just is so he is a black latinx man and he just is so passionate about his work Mm -hmm. and he is so um in your face in a way that i love like he is no hose bar he just he just tell it like it is he uh, he's always calling out white supremacy he's always calling out misogyny and he's been um doing the work in the san francisco area for years and so um I just think he's an amazing person. He, I just like being around him because he's funny. He always got a joke or two. He always, <laughs> he always joking and kicking, mm. and um, he's just a cool guy. Really open. He's not one of those kind of trans, trans masculine guys that are um, doing too much, trying too hard. Got all these rules and da da da. He just is a, just a real ass motherfucker. And shout out to us. I love, love, <laughs> love, 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 love him. So, so Corey. Corey. Oh, so, um, uh, the trans guy that I wanted to talk about was Marquise Felson, and I've just been watching a lot of his works uh, over his works, a lot of his work over the years, and it, it's just. I, I like to see trans men like being like going out there and being visible. And to me, you don't have to do like a lot of work in order to advocate. You can just be visible and show up in spaces where um, they don't see people like you. And and that's a that's a huge way to advocate for me. So I'm, I'm, I I don't know a lot of specifics about his advocacy work, but I can see him out there doing the work, if that makes sense. I see him in he, places. He's been doing the work for a long time. Like a, he was in a documentary when before prior to transition um the about aggressives it was called it was called, it's the, called aggressive, the aggressive the aggressive yeah. and it was about <clears throat> masculine of center afab people mm-hmm. and he still went by uh marquise yeah at the time it just, which was it interesting just, it just he just he's been out here like he's mm-hmm. been a part of the ball scene before and you know now that i i really like that he's getting into acting because you know he's really really good mm-hmm. and he was on law and order mm-hmm. he was he just really did his thing and i'm really just this the doors that are being opened for um black trans people of all experiences um i think is amazing mm-hmm. and so um seeing him in the getting this kind of um exposure mm-hmm. is beautiful but i think because he's not um of trans feminine experience it just doesn't get the spotlight that I think that it deserves. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that you picked him as a person because, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially being a dark skinned black trans masculine. Mm-hmm. When we, when um, Lath Ashley gets in the white, the, the whites get course, a lot of, of course, shine. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. But Lath Ashley, I'm talking about of, of POC mm-hmm. in the POC spaces. Right, so right, you know right. white people is going to feature yeah, white people. Yeah. But I'm talking about POC spaces. Mm-hmm. They, 
you know, Lathe actually, oh, you know, they're yeah. going to put him on everything. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing and just seeing Marquise get some kind of love, I think. Because he's still a sex symbol. Because he's still he's <laughs> fine as fuck. So, yes, gorgeous. And so you, you can't yeah. say that it's not about. That it's mm-hmm. not equal playing field in regards to him being just as attractive, mm-hmm. but I think because he's a black trans man, right. that um, the light just doesn't sp- spotlight on him like um, other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but he's getting there. But he's, he's been, getting, he's there. getting he's, there. Yes, he's been in the ballroom scene for like what twenty years yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody, mm-hmm. you know, was should be elevated, it should be him. And mm-hmm. so. Um, I'm just, you know, excited to see him grow and mm-hmm. get the same kind of shine that some of the girls are getting mm-hmm. and some of the um, mm-hmm. non-black, um, trans-masculine, trans men mm-hmm. are, are getting. Mm-hmm. So I think that's exciting. Um, all right. So let's talk about some trans women. Um, I am going to talk about... Um, this actually is a non-binary. Um, okay. Uh, she goes by they, them, and she. And, you know, they, them, and she, her. Because um, she's um, she's non-binary, but they go... Either one will work for them. That's how on, I am. Like, like I'm, I will, I'm okay with she, her, they, them. Like, mm-hmm. it... Like especially for people who are disrespectful, like. right? So this this person would be um, Renee Taylor. Mm-hmm. Renee Taylor is um, an HIV activist in based in Memphis, and she comes to um, they come to BTAC every year, and they have expressed. Um, and had tons of patience in regards to our organization, in regards to making space for non-binary people. So before we had a non-binary sector, she was still coming and being a part of it at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, y'all got to make space for the days, for mm-hmm. the thems, and blah, 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 blah. And so it's been really um, exciting to see them see the fruits of their labor Mm. and so it's beautiful renee is a beautiful Mm -hmm. person i met her as a her before Mm -hmm. she was claiming claiming the binary Mm non-binary um gender identity Mm -hmm. we met in the yahoo chat room (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she said have her little wigs on and be beach (laughs) i be like yes girl but she was she was always so nice and then when I met them, when they actually, when the non-binary thing started mm-hmm. to be, you know, really, really big. Because mm-hmm. at the time, it wasn't, I think mm-hmm. that it wasn't where it is now. And so, where, because she's more feminine, you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. more on the feminine side, instead of just being like kind of in the middle like some some non-binary people are, she's more on the feminine side. But sometimes she's not like that at all. She was like, "I'm just coming and I'm doing my thing." And so mm-hmm. she's one of the people that, for me, that challenged me in my how I think about non-binary mm-hmm. people, how I think about 
and making that adjustment. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I like to um, mm-hmm. shout out Renee. Yeah. I wanted to shout out Mia Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because she's doing a lot of the work in the community, like a lot of groundwork and. Um, in Houston. In Houston, mm-hmm. specifically in the South. And I see her. I like, I see a lot of her work that she's doing, and she's been doing it for a while. And I'm like, you got to give a bitch they props when they are actually like invested and yeah. in, in to see the outcomes. Like, um, she, I remember she was telling me about, um, how she was working with the girls who didn't have the homeless girls who didn't have jobs, trying to help them get jobs and trying to help them find housing. And um, she leads a group every Thursday yeah. at on the, at the Montrose Center for trans men and trans women of color. Mm-hmm. And she's just she's just doing a lot of things. She and was I, on a reality show on own. On own, that was a hair. It was. It was a hair show. It was a hair show. It was a um a, basically a beauty school. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a reality show based on the beauty, uh, the beauty school, and she was one of the students. And before this is like early, early on in the renaissance of transness being like popular, and so she got a lot of the um, the backlash, and you know, um, and dealt with it gracefully. And you know, she's a, a a pillar in the Houston community, and so I love. We met her at the same time. Remember? Yes, we did. Yes, we were. Um, we were supposed to be doing a show together. Yeah, so there was somebody that was producing a show out here, and they contacted four of us. It was me, Mia, and um, Chanel, and Mia Ryan, the other Mia Ryan and Mia Mix. And so we we actually went and met with them, and it just seemed kind of. Yeah, they had asked us what restaurant we went to. When they said that, I was like, this is late. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> ah. like, But we end up all going out to eat, and we were kiki and having fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I met her then, and she has grown so much since then. She's grown so much, and um, just seeing her navigate this new space in her life of security and um, stability is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I think Mia... Yeah. Sounds beautiful. <laughs> Stability, security. Um, so I'm talking about Marissa Miller. Uh, she organized the 2019 National Trans Visibility March. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. And um, she's a Southern girl, born and raised in the church. Even though she know that institutional religious bullshit be happening, she's still in her faith and still Where optimistic. Was Where was she born? Um... I don't know. Why did you say she's a Southern girl? Because she's from my hometown. That's what she said. Oh, I wonder she where she's she from. She said she's a Southern girl. I didn't know. That she was must born have born in church. Shit. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, she organized the Trans March, which I'm sad I didn't be able to go. But I remember Diamond telling me the back history of her career and how she had to gain trust and turn it around to be able to produce something so beautiful and something that big and something that people mm-hmm. been asking for and hoping for and she made it come to life you know what i mean i think that's beauty in itself so shout out to her mm-hmm. yes and i went to the march and it was so beautiful she definitely had she was honoring so many people that you may not know from like early bud we talked about her on a couple of episodes back Erling Bud, Tracy, um, Jada O'Brien, 
um, from uh, the trans masculine experience, like um, Jameson Green, um, Kyla Broaddus. There were so many people that you know that she done the work to research who she needed to honor in this space in this uh, at this is this at this first national trans march on Washington, mm-hmm. and so. It was a beautiful experiences experience. I actually was there as media, so I have pictures. If you go to Marsha's Plates um, Facebook page, there's a whole album of all the pictures I took there, and I just really tried to capture the essence of what was happening at this particular time, and I am going to be a part of it again this coming year. And I hope that you all come out. It is a space for allies. It is a space for trans folks. It is a march on Washington in regards to trans equality and our rights and just uplifting that kind of narrative. So if you, you know, if you don't have anything to do when it's happening, <laughs> come through. I'm going to put a link to that in the bottom as well. Um, when is the next march? Do you know? Um, I I have to go to the league. It's not. It's far away. It's oh. enough time to organize to go to it. <laughs> um. So let's go back to the trans man, Javon. I've I've been seeing a lot of work that they've been doing. What that he's been doing on Facebook and um, especially in the community, he goes. He's at B Tag and him and his wife. Um, they're there all the time, and um, his wife throws like the ball there. That, and they're always really sweet and nice. And mm-hmm. um, um, recently I seen that. They were trying to do um, open up like a homeless shelter for trans folks. Is that that's right, mm-hmm. Diamond? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought and that was my. No, 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 it's already open. It's already okay. in. It's already open. It's Princess Janae's place. Okay. Um, it's already open. It is. It has been his baby that he has worked so hard to get to where it is now, and it actually houses trans women. And it was Still. named after a trans woman. I think she was passed away and he wanted to just give honor um, um give honor to her and so I, and but Javon has been around for years doing the work and he's this, he's the type of the organizer and activist that you know he'll stay up trying to get you some resources to figure out stay up all night trying to figure out what you're gonna do where you're gonna be where you're gonna stay da, da, da. he's one of them people that you know genuinely care genuinely care mm-hmm. and um so and he has a history in the communities, but particularly in New York, and you know, was he on polls? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was on polls. He was on polls. Not, not yeah. as a character, but as a judge. Um, a judge on the show. Um, so yes, yes, yes. Javon has been doing the work, and we. I love Javon. Javon is so cool and sweet. Um, my person that I wanted to talk about is Sebastian Roy. Sebastian Kane Roy. He is. Um, he is the founder of um, New York Transgender Biting Building Federation. And I, th- I thought it was amazing that he was doing this because um, in 2014, 15, 16, I was a, I, I was a part of a project with um, Neo Sanja where we was we created um, the first one, the first bodybuilding competition. Um, in based in Atlanta, and um, because we got, we didn't get the support that we needed, and it was this the process of doing it um, really weighed heavy on on Neo's um, life 
because he's an immigrant and it was a lot of obstacles that he couldn't um, get jumped through because he was an immigrant. Um, business wise, it, business wise, it was um, it was it was a little too heavy for him, and so he had to give it up. And so I and I I, I remember um, Sebastian coming to the event and participating, and so for him to kind of take the mantle and start a whole new a whole new version in New York, I think that legacy of you know. Um, honoring the trans masculine body in this particular way is a beautiful thing. And so to see him start it out and get it from the ground up and, you know, and now he's, um, he has had his first um, meeting, his first competition. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it's a beautiful, um, um, you know, undertaking and has turned out well. And he also is in a trans on trans coupling. He's married to a trans woman and Leilani, I think that's her name, Leilani. And so, um, yes, I just think that he's doing great work up there in New York. Cool. Um, That that reminds me of, um, I don't know if you heard of Sean Stinson. Yeah, that th- yeah. he's the one who won our first competition. Yeah. Well, all of our competitions. He yeah. came and slayed both of them. Well, well, no, no, no. He came and slayed the first two, but mm-hmm. not the um third one. Yeah, the military guy. I don't know, but don't he showed know. me what's possible for a trans man. His body is so dramatic. Anyways, yeah. I, I wanted to mention him, but yeah. the the guy that I want to highlight is Devin Michael Lowe. I know. Hey, Devin. I know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's a Houston native and then moved to New York and started to do some organizing there. He got curly hair? Yeah. Yeah. His latest project or organization he has is Black Trans Travel Fund. It's a mutual aid project developed in order to provide black transgender women the financial resources needed to be able to self-determine safer alternatives to travel where women feel less likely to experience verbal harassment or physical harm. So on um, his website, he has the link to uh, Black Travel, Black Trans Travel Fund. It has the cash app, the Venmo, the PayPal. Um, it even has the disclosure of where all the funds go and how it works. So if you want to go on there, you can check it out. Yeah. Yes, giving me very green book tea. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and what the work that he does really what I've seen is like when girls so the girls don't have to travel on the subway. So girls don't have to travel and you know, because incidents or violence happen on like the bus when you're on the bus or when you're on the subway or you when you're trying to travel and you can't you don't necessarily can't afford an Uber or a Lyft. They actually step in and say, hey, we're going to get you to where you need to go, sis. And, you know, mm-hmm. they'll give you a Lyft or Uber to where you need to go. And he's yeah. he's also a, a very big voice I see all the time on trans issues on Twitter. Um, he's at, at that boy you like. I always see him speaking out on a lot of topics. And I know that a lot of people are able to find his account and be able to be on the right side of good politics from what i've seen so yeah i could check him out yeah he's real vocal mm-hmm. mm, all right so my our last round of trans women i am going to go with mariah moore so mariah moore with the um, transgender law center 
She is a New Orleans native. She is cool as fuck. I met her. Um, we really got to hang out at Creating Change this year. And she's just cool and down to earth and just just one of them people that you just like being around because they're authentic. They're not putting on any mm. airs. They're not, um, you know... She was at the time they were at at Creating Change. They were rolling out this um, national transgender agenda Mm. in regards to the law center. And there was some weird stuff happening in regards to protesting and um, how she handled the situation Mm -hmm. was really graceful. I, I, I even though I would have been pissed and shady wanted to fight, but she <laughs> and she was too. But but she really handled it very professionally, mm-hmm. and um, you know I just I just admire that about her. I think mm-hmm. she's a cool person. I think that she's really out here um, making ways for girls to be safe in her city of New Orleans, um, and you know just on a national level working with one of the biggest. Um, organizing organizations in the country, mm-hmm. Transgender Law Center. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the impact that she has in that space is really massive. And I think they 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 were great in choosing to bring her on because mm-hmm. she's just a powerhouse. And I think, you know, I think mm-hmm. if, you, if you're from New Orleans, you know who she is. Man, <laughs> and, baby. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, check out Mariah Moore. Check out. So, I also want to bring up Ashley Marie Preston. Um, I've been seeing her do work. Um, I need to figure out. She is... She is a loud and proud trans woman. She has been featured on The Young Turk. She has been featured on um, MSNBC. She has been featured a lot of places. She is known for interrupting like press conferences and stuff like that. She really has great politics. She actually was featured um, um, at the March, the March Trans March on Washington because and Angelica Ross was one of the keynotes and she gave up some of her time to let Ashley Marie um, Preston speak. And so she just, she just, she just has great politics. I think that she, um, you know, she points out a lot of stuff. She's, she reminds me of um, Socorro, where I was the, the trans guy I was talking earlier, where there is no holes barred. She's gonna call you out. She's gonna let you know when your shit is problematic. And I like people like that. I like people like that just throws respectability politics to the wind and say, "Yo, this is no, this is not okay. This is not all right." And I'm not gonna let you make it. I'm a just like when she's also one of the girls who during that LGBT forum, the CNN kind of threw, mm-hmm. um, they st- she, they stopped her and said that they weren't going to let her on the stage. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I'm not coming. Because mm-hmm. what's the point? Like, if y'all, we are out here being murdered, mm-hmm. and if y'all not letting us talk, then what's the point? Well, because you just coming to listen to y'all? No, 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 no. And that's when, like, Blossom mm-hmm. um, kind of broke it up, and then mm-hmm. Bambi... And her Latinx girls mm. did their little protest thing, mm. and so you know she's you know she's just one of them people that's gonna let you have it if you do being transphobic or being shady or being uh, a not so good ally. She's gonna call you out, and that's just what she does. 
It also says here she's the first the first trans woman to become editor in chief of a national publication, Wear Your Voice magazine, and the first openly trans person to run for state office in California. Yeah, and so she's out here really doing the mm-hmm. work, and I think that. You know, I wanted to show her some love. I think she's an important person in our um, political landscape right now. And, you know, we wanted to show her some love on Marcia's plate. And I think that's about it, y'all. We did a motherfucking black ass show. Yeah. So make sure you check out these people. And, um, (laughs) yes. Yeah. So we will see y'all next month. (laughs) (laughs) what's next month March how far away is June oh I don't know I'm not familiar with you diamond I'm talking about the um, the thing that happens in June with T with Queen and Jay you there's something that happens before that get out please (laughs) no alright y'all We'll we'll talk about that later. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be all right. Don't you worry about a thing. Baby, it's a thing.